first Ozone of the Year. It's Talk Sports with Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. They turn scrap metal into cash. Okay, uh, better clear this up, Eric, because people are starting to talk, and we don't want vicious rumors to bring down the ozone. Ronnie and I are not feuding. I know you're thinking, wait a minute, they're never in studio together anymore. What's going on with that? Well, it's really quite simple explanation. On the 16th of December, I was off, so Ronnie was here on his own. Then on the 23rd of December, Ronnie was off, so I was in studio without him. And then last week, uh, I was I was sick, not feeling well, so I did the show from home on remote, and Ronnie was here in the studio by himself. Now this week I am uh, no longer contagious, though uh, barely barely functioning, Eric. That's why I have Alex here in studio with me. I'm here <laughs> to for moral support. Moral support to hold me up if I tip over. And Ronnie Ronnie was actually here uh, till just um, a few moments ago, and all of a sudden, right before the show started, he rips off the earphones, throws them at Eric. And then starts stripping off his clothes. And the last we saw him, he was shirtless out on Sykes Avenue doing jumping jacks in the street and waving at traffic. I'm not exactly sure exactly what happened there. <laughs> no, I'm actually only kidding about that. Now he was wearing a shirt. But uh, <laughs> we are. No, Ronnie's turn in the isolation booth. He's on the line with us. Ronnie, how you feeling, man? Man, I'm I'm doing great. I'm I'm feeling fine. And uh, uh, I was diagnosed with COVID, but it was felt like nothing more than a cold and Antonio Brown and I are here and uh, <laughs> you know both have our jerseys off so we're we're ready to go. Well, can good. I be on the phone next week? <laughs> That's right. We, you yeah. know, somehow we, you know, we haven't infected Eric. Although te- I tested negative actually for COVID, but had terrible symptoms. Ronnie's feeling okay, but but is is positive. So you know, we're just trying to. You and I, we couldn't have given it to each other, Ronnie. We haven't been together in over a month. <laughs> I know. You know, Eric. He definitely has caught the lunacy from us. That is definitely <laughs> contagious. And Alex, you're doomed. So, um, oh we yeah. Have no <laughs> yeah. No, we got to be careful, Alex. Due to resume classes next week, uh, joining us uh, here tonight. She's going to make sure I make it through the show. Okay, I'm doing all right, hanging in there, not feeling too bad. And it should be a fun show tonight. Uh, I know Antonio Brown's going to be a, a topic of discussion tonight, Ronnie. Uh, we're going to have Greg Alman joining us uh, shortly. Uh, of course, he covers the Bucks for the Athletic, and uh, <laughs> I think his Twitter following has skyrocketed since all this happened. Hey, you know, Ronnie, one of the things we do on this show is we always put things in historical context. No matter what happens on the field, no matter how crazy, we, you and I can always pull up a story uh, talking about, oh, I remember when this happened or I remember when that happened. But I don't remember ever seeing anything like I saw on Sunday. <laughs> you, you know that character shows through. You know, oddly enough, today is Jameis Winston's birthday. Speaking <laughs> of the last character, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just did a spit take, right? <laughs> Shouldn't sip water when you when you're talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No way. Um, and you know, when you bring in guys like that. The NFL is pretty much, you know, it's a business. We know that. Well, when you bring in somebody like that that has poor character, and Antonio Brown has been problems everywhere he's been, and fortunately nobody got hit by that sofa he threw off the 12-story building. But, (laughs) you know, that guy is just, he's off the chain. As great as he is, I don't see how you want him on your team. You know, he's come out now and he's blasted Tom Brady, Tom Brady's trainer, Bruce Arians, the organization. 
then he retracts it. You don't need that kind of stuff. And they said Tim Tebow was divisive? Come on. <laughs> wow. You, you, it, as mad as Brady must have been, and I, I think you could see steam coming out from under his helmet when all this was going on because they were down by two touchdowns at the Jets in a game they really couldn't afford to let get away. Uh, and they didn't because uh, Tom Brady's just said you just can't throw enough adversity at him he'll still beat you one way or the other but even afterwards he he was so classy in in talking about how you know trying to just uh uh support uh antonio brown emotionally and and so on and then and then brown goes and does this it's almost like uh um I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's. I thought Charlie Sheen did some strange things, <laughs> but Antonio Brown is, is, is transcends sports and and how and how crazy it is. Uh, and I don't know uh, if that's a mental thing, if that's just a like you said, a character defect, maybe a little bit of both. Well, you know, he did have a very severe head injury um, earlier in his career when he was with Pittsburgh, and you know maybe that's got something to do with it. I don't know, but. You know, it's just it's horrible that the guy just continues to blast everyone that befriends him. No one is immune to his vitriol. You know, th- that's true. Against the Bengals in that, uh, I believe it was a playoff game a few years ago, he was hit by that guy, uh, Perfect. I can't think of his first yeah. name, but uh, that that was a brutal hit, and he was he was definitely injured on that. And um, I, you know, I'm trying to re- recall if some of his craziness uh, preceded that or not. Certainly none of the really flagrant stuff, as in this case, where he's managed to get himself kicked off of the Steelers, the Raiders, the Patriots, and now the Bucks. He's basically, uh, I don't, at this point, I, I know the Bucks were hanging on to him. We'll ask Greg about this. I know the Bucks were hanging on to him to make sure that he didn't end up with another team in the playoffs. But even that uh, no longer deterred them today, and they officially released him. So uh, I'm curious to see. Uh, exactly what happens next with him. That's that's one thing. Is uh, just when we thought we've seen everything, and we can predict what will happen next. We can't with this guy. No, he's very unpredictable, and you just the, the deal with the Raiders with the helmet. This got turned down millions and millions of dollars, and you just you've seen this story play out before, and you hope it doesn't end the way. It, appears that it may end, you know, with him in big trouble or, you know, broke or any number of things, bad ending. Yeah, he has gotten into some big off-the-field trouble, uh, both with domestic violence and with um, just violence with just, I believe, was a, a furniture mover. <laughs> you know, he's, <laughs> you name it, he's gotten in trouble uh, with it. And it just gets uh, more and more bizarre. And, uh you know, we'll look forward to talking to Greg about that and about all things Bucks as we look forward to the final game of the regular season. We'll see where they end up uh, seated, which is going to be very important. And, of course, we'll see uh, see what the potential playoff uh, matchups might be. And, you know, who's who else is missing for the Bucks? Who else might come back? And who's, who's going to need to emerge for them to to do well. And then, of course, later in the show, Ronnie, we've got Stanley Cromartie, the athletic director at Polk State College. They've had a big fundraiser coming up soon, and uh, he's going to tell us about what's going on at Polk State. Uh, uh, a terrific guy, and we look forward to talking to him. And, uh, Ronnie, you're going to stay with us throughout the show, do it remotely? Yes, and, sir. All right. Well, we're going to take our first break, Eric. We'll do it now, and then when we come back here in the Ozone, Ronnie O, well, on the radio, on the phone, <laughs> Coach <laughs> Joe with Alex here in the studio. And we'll be back with Greg Allman of The Athletic. 
on Talk Radio 96.7. WLKF. This is Marcus Alton, former QB at Florida State, better known by many as the Rooster. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. The Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7. Talking sports with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. And tonight, it's brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland. The final regular season game for the Bucks is this Sunday, January 9th. Uh, they host Carolina Panthers, 3 o'clock pregame, 425 kickoff right here on Talk Radio 96.7. You can hear the action, but if you really want to be prepared and know what's going on, then you should be following Greg Amon. He covers the Bucks for The Athletic, and he, he is also the co-author of Champa Bay, available at Triumph Books, that talks all about last season's great triumph in the Super Bowl for the Bucks. Were they going to do it again? A lot will ride on what's going on these last couple of weeks. So I guess, Greg, we should probably start with Antonio Brown <laughs> uh, because that seems to be the big story right now. <laughs> I thought you guys might ask about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ronnie and I had a chance to, to chat about him just a, a few moments ago about what our thoughts on it. And we both have ne- been you know, watching football for decades and have never seen anything like that ever. Have you? No, no. I mean, I, I think I remember like Randy Moss kind of quietly walking off the field before a game ended at one point. But uh, no, not not stripping off the jersey and the shirt and running through the end zone while the game's ongoing. Yeah, you know, the, the latest developments, I mean, this is developing, you know, throughout the day even today is that the Bucks have officially released him. So uh, the question is, why didn't they release him sooner, and why aren't they waiting to release him until later? Why not? Yeah, I think, Yeah, I think honestly, what held things up, obviously Bruce had said Sunday afternoon he was off the team, and, and I think procedurally they were trying to go through the process of figuring out what the easiest way to do that was, um, if there was a way to get him off the team without allowing him to maybe go to another team right away. Um, his, Antonio at least makes it seem right now like his ankle would keep him from playing anywhere in the next couple of weeks. But I think there was definitely the threat that if they cut him right now, another team, even another playoff team, uh, might sign him, might be able to pick his brain about the Bucks' playbook and offense and and then even play him against the Bucs. Um, so I think there was some thought in terms of whether they should uh, suspend him for contact detrimental or or. There's a couple other things they could do where they wouldn't be cutting him outright. And I think things, um, there was obviously some questions about whether his ankle was actually injured or not. And they had tried to line up some third-party doctors that would be able to evaluate him toward that. Um, and I think when it was clear that wasn't going to happen, they just decided to move on and, and just release him. Isn't it required to before you release a player to uh, give him a physical? Um, typically. Again, I think it's one of those where if they've made... I think they had set up appointments for him in Tampa. I think they set up multiple appointments with doctors in New York City where he was, and he kept missing appointments. So I think there's a point at which uh, if the player hasn't taken advantage of opportunities afforded him to the team, they can move on without that. And that seems to be the case here. He wasn't waived with an injury designation. He's just released, just waived. So he'll go through waivers. Another team could pick him up uh, even tomorrow. So we'll, we'll see if that happens there. It seems unlikely, but you never know. Well, last night he released a long statement through his attorney that talked about how uh, the, the Bucks were trying to force him to play on an ankle that he he's indicated needs surgery. Was that uh, with that in mind? Did he basically uh, limit his options? Because now, if he's claiming he has a, a surgical uh, ankle in need of surgical repair, is it is it something that he can now just suddenly go sign with another team and, and possibly Green Bay? 
He could. Um, again, it's like we, we kind of wondered if this whole injury thing was a ruse to get him waived outright, and then he could sign somewhere healthy and play somewhere else. I mean, I, I think it's one of those where, I mean, he was suggesting, um, you know, bone fragments and, you know, something that would require surgery. And, and what hurts him is that he, he didn't really go through the normal channels. You know, normally if you get hurt or if you aggravate something during a game, you go to the team trainer, you go to the team doctors, you tell them, and then they can evaluate it. They can take the, the tests and the MRIs and stuff themselves. And he didn't, at least by the Bucks account, didn't do that. So they, they don't know that he's injured because they didn't have a chance to examine him before he left the stadium. So um, we don't know if he's healthy or not. We don't know if he needs surgery or not. He's saying he is, but again, he, he could just as easily be sent somewhere else. Well, we've heard from Brown and we've heard from Bruce Arians, who says that this was about Brown being dis- disgruntled about not getting enough touches. Have you heard from... Uh, Anybody else maybe not wanting to go on record, or, or, or is there a scuttlebutt, or is there a sort of an unspoken truth uh, that you've heard? No, I mean, I think uh, there's definitely been a lot more of the source reporting that would suggest that this is related to being unhappy about the number of passes that went his way and, and Gronkowski getting balls instead of him. Um, you know, A.B. had some incentives in place where he, he stood to make, uh, basically could have made a million dollars, just by getting another eight catches and 55 yards and, and one touchdown. So obviously he had a lot to gain financially from being out there. So it's odd that he would refuse to go into a game if that's a factor. You know, it, the, whole, the whole thing here is, is Bruce was trying to get him to go in the game and he didn't want to. So that goes against the counterintuitive to the logic that he wanted to get the incentives. If he did, he, he would have gone in the game. So there's there's not really an easy, rational explanation for what happened on Sunday. Well, we can't think of one. Ronnie, can you think of a rational explanation for all of this? <laughs> no, I can't think of any <laughs> rational explanation when it comes to Antonio Brown. Um, Greg, the Bucks' playoff seed seems pretty straightforward. Green Bay's clinched the top seed. The Rams, uh-huh. in all likelihood, if they beat San Francisco, they're number two. The Bucks three. The Cowboys, four. Um, but there is a chance the Bucks could move to either two or four. Could you clarify that for us? Yeah, like you said, they're, they're the three seed right now. Um, it's intriguing in that for them to move to number two, they need to win, which is likely, and they need the Rams to lose to the 49ers, which the Rams are favored, but at the same time, the 49ers have beaten the Rams the last five times they've met. 49ers are, are kind of playing for their playoff lives. So it's certainly possible that that upset happens. They'll happen at the same time. All these games with wild card implications or seeding implications are all 425 games on Sunday. So, uh, again, a Bucks win and a Rams loss, Bucks are the two seed, which means two home games uh, would definitely be, you know, great situation for them given that they were the four seed a week ago. Um, for them to be the four seed, a bunch of things have to happen. They, they have to lose uh, the Cowboys – have to win, um, and the Cardinals would have to, I think the Cardinals would have to win and the Rams lose is the way it works. So basically, um, that's kind of the worst scenario for them, but it's possible they could be the four, and they would be, I guess if they were the four, they would be playing Arizona. Um, and again, there's something you said, maybe Arizona, because they haven't won as much lately, that wouldn't be as difficult to draw, but Arizona was, what, 7-0 and to start the year? Um, so it would probably be a tougher opponent, at least by record, than, than San Francisco or Philadelphia, which are who they're likely to play. Greg, a little shop talk. I saw today where the Athletic was purchased by the New York Times. They are going to double your salary and make you CEO. <laughs> is that correct? 
That would be nice. They got $550 million to, to buy The Athletic, which is amazing. That's a company that didn't exist six years ago that sold today for $550 million. Um, so, yeah, we had, a, we had a company call today. They're really excited about it. Um, you know, this is a company that's grown and grown and grown, and to have it sell and sell to a, a company and a journalistic entity is as great and successful as the New York Times is, is awesome news. Um, the Times is going to allow The Athletic to continue as its own entity, as a subsidiary of The Times. Our, our leadership that's been in place since I've been there will continue to be in charge. Uh, so really exciting. Right now, it kind of feels like business as usual. It won't change very much. Um, obviously, things can change, so we don't know uh, a year from now or three years from now how they'll do things differently. But um, this seemed like a great outcome. There have been a lot of talks for um, you know much of this past year about the athletic being sold. And given that, to see it be such a big number like $550 million and to have it be the New York Times and something as, as prestigious and well-known as that was, was a really good outcome. Greg, uh, really quick, uh, the uh, injury situation for Levante, David, Leonard Fournette, and Richard Sherman. Yeah, um, Leonard Fournette's probably in the best situation. He was out of practice today. He's eligible to come off IR next week. I think the general rationale when they put him on was to rest him for three weeks and, and hope that he's there when the playoffs start. I think that's still the case. Uh, Richard Sherman has kind of been up and down. Uh, question mark was inactive this past week. Um, and he's got an Achilles injury um, that's been bothering him for about three weeks. I think he's probably more than likely able to go. But Sherman right now is, is just a bench player. I mean, he's just a, a guy that comes in under a dime package, just like a backup safety, not necessarily playing a huge role. Uh, Levante David's a big question mark. He's got a foot injury. He's probably the least uh, sure thing of all the guys that come back from injury next week. I think they're hopeful, but but don't really know whether he'll be able to come back or not. If you're not following Greg Almond on Twitter, you should, at Greg Almond, at G-R-E-G-A-U-M-A-N, and, of course, at G Almond at theathletic.com to follow all of uh, what Greg writes about, because if you want to keep track of what the Bucks are doing, I know people ask me all the time, Coach Joe, how do you know so much about the Bucks? It's because I follow Greg Almond. <laughs> Greg, we know you have to go. We appreciate you joining us in the Ozone tonight on, on this huge week for Bucks news. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll look forward to, to reading, uh, uh, following you as the Bucks go through the playoffs. Hopefully uh, you'll be writing a second book uh, about Champa Bay, right? <laughs> hey, guys, thanks so much for having me on. Hope you're doing well, and I'm always happy to be on with you guys. Thanks, Greg. Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us. Oh, always great to hear from Greg Almond, right, Ronnie? Yes, sir. Yeah, he, he's so well-versed and articulate. Um, you know, just a great resource for our show, and, you know, I appreciate you getting him on. And uh, speaking of great resources, Stanley Cromarty, um, we're going to have him on after the break. And uh, that guy, you have to admire him. That's a tough situation at Polk State College to raise money. But he's been aggressive and proactive, and I really admire what he's doing. And we're going to talk to him after the break. Is that right? Yeah, we're going to get him get him locked and loaded, uh, and and spend a lot a little bit of time talking to Stanley Cromartie and and finding out uh, about the challenges that he's facing. You know, especially right now, you talk we you always hear about how the problems the big colleges are having with their sports, especially in the light of all the COVID cancellations and and everything. And now. Um, you know, we'll find out how it's affecting Polk State College, which is never easy, like you said, to raise funds. And now trying to do it, it, it right now, it's not easy. And 
Uh, but he's got a big plan in mind and a, and a big event coming up, and we'll look forward to talking to him about that here in the Ozone. But first, we're going to take a break for Kim Commando and the Fox Business Brief, and then we'll be back here in the Ozone. Ronnie's joining us remotely, and Coach Joe's here in the studio with Alex. And you can come back after the break here on Talk Radio 96.7. WLKF. Talk Radio 96.7. Ronnie O and Coach Joe talking sports in the Ozone. Brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland. Turning scrap metal into cash. Coach Joe here in studio with Alex. We got Ronnie joining us tonight remotely by phone and also by phone tonight. Our next guest, he is a member of the State College of Florida Athletics Hall of Fame as of 2015, and the Florida State College Activities Association Hall of Fame in 2018. He earned a master's degree in coaching and athletic administration from Concordia University and a bachelor's degree in business administration from Edward Walter Waters College. And uh, he came to Polk State from Edward Waters College, in where, which is located in Jacksonville, where he had served as an associate athletic director uh, there, and he has been the athletic director here at Polk State College, and he's joining us here in the Ozone tonight. Of course, I'm talking about Stanley Cromartie. Stanley, welcome to the Ozone. We're glad to have you. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, I know it's, it can't be easy these days being an athletic director, is it? You'd think it'd be uh, fun, a fun job, but it, I guess it's not, is it? No, no, no. With, with uh, all the, with the COVID and, the, and and all the you know the uh, protocols, we're trying to get kids out eligible and just trying to play games. <laughs> well, you, you've been with uh, Polk State, I guess, since about 2019, right? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so tell us a little bit about, you You come over from, from uh, Jacksonville, from Edward Waters College. What What do you find when you get here to Polk? Well, I, I, I found a, a, a college that I'm definitely blessed to, to be a part of, uh, to tell you, to, to build the shoes of uh uh, Bing Ties, who, who was uh, my predecessor, I mean, it's a big shoe to fill. I, I couldn't have come oh, yeah. to a better. I couldn't have come into a better situation. We have an outstanding administration uh, with uh, Dr. Angela Falconetti, who supports uh, athletics, and uh, my my vice president, uh, Reginald uh, T. Webb. Uh, they are very supportive of our athletic programs, and they want to see athletics strive. And coming over. Um, um, one of the big, biggest key components is, is trying to, to help uh, with these sport programs and, and help funding them uh, when it comes to their housing, and and, um, and that was one of my, my my biggest things that I, I was able to do some fundraising uh, initiatives at Edward Waters. And one of them was, of course, um, my athletic gala uh, when I was at Edward Waters College as the uh, athletic director. Uh, we had four successful athletic galas. Uh, my First year, um, we had Daryl Green, Hall of Famer, who um, came in and spoke. Then we had Cam Newton and his father one year. Then I had uh, Dr. Lucille Neal, Shaquille's mom, who came in um, and was one of my keynote speakers. Uh, the Gator, um, sell tables, um, and efforts to, to raise money uh, for, for, for the athletic department. And coming over to Pope, this is, we had a pandemic uh, year last year, and so. We're trying to gear up for our, our first uh, annual um, athletic uh, gala uh, in April, and I'm, I'm very excited to, to announce that uh, former University of Florida quarterback and NFL uh, player Shane Matthews uh, will be our keynote speaker. And oh. so that's where we're at right now. 
Well, I imagine how big of a hit does a place like Polk State take from the COVID? Just, just how you, you were here in 2019, which is a the normal quote unquote year, but then, then 2020. What was the difference? How 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 bad of a of a hit was it for the athletic program? Well, I tell you, uh, it was. Uh, uh, um... It came because uh, I just got hired um, in October of nineteen, and then uh, twenty. Uh, it came, and uh, we had we had got through a, a basketball season, and, and baseball and, and, and uh, softball uh, was was uh, was cut short. Um, I think that, um, not having uh, your student athletes uh, on campus, uh, especially during the, during the summer months, so that they can train. Uh, but it, it took a big hole with, with fundraising. Uh, our our, um, our men's basketball program and, uh, and our volleyball program uh, used the, the, the gymnasium uh, to, to, to do summer camps and, and put on other things to, to, to fund their programs when it comes to housing and, and, and uh, meal opportunities. So it took a hit that way. Uh, other than that, I think I think that uh, you know, being at the community college, we don't get a, a lot of Fans, uh, for instance, because students typically come to school and, and, and they go go home or, or go to work. So, but I think the biggest thing that, that hurt us the most is that we, we didn't have the opportunity to to, to fundraise like what I, like we want to do. Well, you have this big gala planned, and, and it sounds like you, uh, Ronnie. It sounds like uh, Stanley Cromartie knows how to how to book the big guests. Maybe we should hire him for our show. What do you think? I'm telling you. You know, the guy, I, I really admire your proactivity, Stanley. That is really awesome. You know, I'm a graduate of what was Polk Junior College about 100 years ago, and I, I wanted to see how my statue is coming. You know, I was third team, honorable mention, all cul-de-sac in baseball, and, you know, I just wondered how my statue was coming over there. It, it's still there. <laughs> Could raise some funds, uh, you know, offering uh, people if they pay money to you know to to throw things at it. <laughs> I understand the pigeons have put a lot of deposits down on that staff. <laughs> uh, no, I really admire what you're doing, and you know, in such a difficult time, instead of you sitting back and just saying "woe is me," you've gone out and you've secured somebody that I think will draw a nice crowd for you. And Shane Matthews, we've had him on the show a couple of times. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to promote what you're doing. And uh, you're welcome anytime to come on the show. And as we get closer, we'll want to get you back and have you come on and tell us how you progress. And you know, our ticket sales are going, but I just really admire what you've done. Well, I, I thank you for, for, for allowing me to be on. I think it, it's a, uh... You know, it, it is a tough time. Like you, like you said, we we got a we got a great speaker. Uh, the, the first one, uh, we're we have uh, three levels. Uh, uh, we have a, a title sponsor level, uh, five thousand. We're, we're selling tables of of eight uh, for for twelve hundred, and we have half tables for six hundred. And our goal is uh, we have twenty five tables, and our goal is to sell all twenty five and have right there on the campus and. and, and you know, hopefully, um, raise some funds and and um and, and so we can support our our our, our five programs here at the college. 
The gala is going to be on April 22nd uh, at the Polk State College campus, I believe. Is that right? At 999 Avenue H Northeast in Winter Haven, Florida. Uh, The dinner program is at 7 o'clock, but there's a special VIP reception at 6 p.m. Now, is that for uh, the—there's these different uh, levels uh, of sponsorship? Yes, absolutely. It's basically a a meet-and-greet at 6 p.m., and and hopefully— you know, I have a son uh, who was a former uh, uh, NFL player. He just retired this year, Dominic Rogers Cobardi. And, and, oh, you know, he's we, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we try to get a lot of, of, of fans and, and a lot of former Gator uh, uh, alums to come out and, and just reunite and, and, and get ready to, uh, for the calls. And, and, and that's to try to um, – raise some funds for, 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 for Polk State College Athletics. Well, the, there's three levels of sponsorship. Uh, uh, the black level is for donations of $5,000, the red level for $1,200 donation, and the white level for a $600 donation. Now, the title level sponsorship uh, uh, involves uh, recognition on all printed materials, and you get a banner in the gym and uh, mention in the events program and autographed football and picture with Shane Matthews and two yeah. tables, total of 16 complimentary tickets. That's quite a good deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're trying to make it attractive uh, as best as possible so we, we, we can uh, go out here and, and hopefully uh, get some people uh, and, and, uh, to, 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 to support the cause. And so I think we will. Uh, I think we started early enough time. I just hope that this pandemic can kind of hold off and and and, and, and let us let us uh, do this this event for for uh, for you, Stephen. Well, I I like your philosophy. Uh, may, maybe we want to expound on this a little bit. Where you call fundraising friend raising, is that right? Yeah, friend. Yeah, you got to make friends to raise up money. <laughs> yeah, I've been kind of doing this for a long time now. And if you don't make friends, you don't make money. <laughs> well, you've been making a lot of friends, uh, Mr. Cromarty, uh, the last couple of years there at Polk State College. Uh, for any questions about the event, and you correct me if I'm wrong, it says uh, call you at uh, 904-228-0717 or scromarty at polkedu. That's S-C-O-R-M-A-R-T-I-C at polk.edu. So, did I get yeah, all that right? It's S. <laughs> S-C-R-O-M-A-R-T-I-E at polk.edu. Okay, and we'll definitely repeat that a few more times, uh, not only tonight, but uh, uh, throughout the coming weeks as we anticipate uh, this great April 22nd fundraiser, uh, the first annual Polk State Athletics Gala. And uh, you certainly are look forward to talking to you some more as we get closer to that, uh, Stanley, and uh, and just going forward uh, with uh, talk about the exciting uh, future for Polk State and Polk State Athletics. Yes, sir. I, and I definitely thank you guys for, for, for allowing me to come on just to kind of introduce it. And, um, got a few months and, 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 and see where, where we go with it. Uh, well, we're, we're excited to talk about it, and we're really happy you were able to join us on the show tonight, uh, Stanley Cromarty, the Athletic Director at Polk State College. Stanley, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, guys. You have a blessed day. That's Stanley Cromarty, the Athletic Director of Polk State College. Uh, just great stuff there, Ronnie, and uh, that's an exciting-sounding uh, gala on April 22nd. It is, and I think Shane Matthews will draw well. You know, we've had him on the show, and he's got some tremendous stories to tell, you know, about the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. He spent 14 years in the NFL. Man, if you, you know, if you like sports, if you like football, 
he's a great guy, and he doesn't pull any punches either. Shane is very opinionated, and he doesn't mind telling you how he feels. Yeah, you know, Shane had a lot to say about this latest college football controversy regarding whether uh, players should sit out bowl games that don't necessarily have national championship implications. You and I can uh, get, discuss that a little bit when we come back with the sports quiz and with more. Uh, we got Ronnie on the phone, Coach Joe here with Alex in the studio. We are proud to be your bank. And, <laughs> and uh, Eric, Eric's anxious to take a break, too. Because we're going to take it right now and then be back with the sports quiz here in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7. WLKF. What's up, everybody? This is Matt Laporta, the Florida Gators career home run leader and former MLB player. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. The Ozone, happening right now. Talk Radio 96.7, brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland. Coach Joe with Alex here in studio, and we got Ronnie on the phone remotely, and we're going to hopefully have a winner soon on the phone for the sports quiz question brought to you by the Lakeland Alehouse, 5650 South Florida Avenue, with 40 strategically located TVs and drink and meal specials every night. Hey, takeout and delivery is also available there, so if you're not feeling like going out to eat, but you want some of that great alehouse food, you can certainly get it. And, you know, uh, that's a lot of the ways that we sometimes uh, get our alehouses to pick up and, and take and take home and uh, just so many good ways. It's such good food, so many different things to have, and so many different ways to watch the game over there at the Ale House where they treat you really well. They treat us pretty good there, don't they, Alex? Oh, always. But oh. we have been doing delivery a lot more. We'll need to go in and stop by. <laughs> yeah, we have. It's just a matter of the schedule sometimes, you know, especially if somebody's busy and important as you are. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ronnie, uh, you, you answer your question that you texted me. You are not eligible for this, but uh, but somebody else can be, 682-1430, as long as you haven't won uh, recently, I believe, uh, any time within the last six months. So let's uh, let's get a new winner tonight. Uh, you know, we got the national championship game coming up. Uh, so uh, if Alabama were to win the national championship, that means Bryce Young, who won the Heisman Trophy, would be one of the uh, few people to win the Heisman Trophy and the national championship in the same season. Uh, going back to 2006, I'm going to name four Heisman Trophy winners since 2006. And one of these four did not win the national title the year that they won the Heisman. The other three did. Which one did not? Was it Tim Tebow? in 2007, Cam Newton in 2010, Jameis Winston in 2013, or Joe Burrow in 2019. Which of those four players did not win the national title the year that they won the Heisman? 682-1430, if you know the answer. Ronnie, I know you know the answer. I do. Yeah. I think I know the answer for once. Alex might know the answer, too. And, hey, if you follow college football at all, and if you listen to our show at all, then uh, (laughs) the answer should be pretty apparent. Again, I'll give that question out one more time, and as many times as necessary to get a winner. Uh, Four Heisman Trophy winning uh, quarterbacks, as it turns out, uh, in the last 15 years, including Tim Tebow, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Joe Burrow. Um, three of those four won the national title the same year that they won the Heisman. One did not. Which one did not? And again, the year of Tim Tebow was 2007. Cam Newton won it in 2010. Jameis Winston won it in 2013. And Joe Burrow uh, with LSU won it in 2019. And Joe Burrow's lighting it up for Cincinnati, but almost as much as Evan McPherson, who's the kicker. (laughs) (laughs) Those Bengals are doing okay as they win the division this past weekend. But uh, you know what's the big story right now, Ronnie, in college football? Um, 
Kirk Herbstreet and uh, <clears throat> uh, Desmond Howard made a big deal about players skipping the Rose Bowl uh, and other players opting out who weren't involved in the college football playoff. Uh, now, I think they should play if they can, but I understand why a lot of them wouldn't. Uh, where do you fall on that? You know, I'm the same way. I, you can't really fault them when they've got that much money on the line. It, the game has just changed so much and not for the better. I think there needs to be some guardrails, some guidelines set up for some of this stuff, the free agency that's involved. You know, you shouldn't be able to sign a scholarship one place, make your name. And I think they belittle the value of a college education. You know, and look at our cases. Uh, I've made a, I made a lot more money in my career because I had a piece of paper. I probably could have done the job without it. Now, you've got an advanced degree, but you've made a lot more money because of your college degree. And they didn't give it to you for free, did they? Oh no, <laughs> no. That took a that took a little while to pay off. It's an expensive uh, piece that, of paper. That's, you know that's that's for sure. The, uh, uh, but the, the uh, you know it is interesting, Ronnie. It, you, did you hear that Billy Napier, the new head coach of the Gators, has hired a recruiting coordinator specifically for the transfer portal? We, we're seeing the future evolve, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, look at Caleb Williams at Oklahoma. You know, the guy's basically just put his name out there to be a free agent. All right, who wants me and how much are you willing to pay? You know, the guy was an unknown freshman up until the Texas game, and then he burst onto the scene, uh, much like Kyle Trask did against Kentucky for the Gators. Oh, I know. They, they, you never know where the, these players are going to come from. But now, yeah, you're right. All of a sudden, they want to they want to move, and it, it's become a lot of instability right now in college football. I saw one one writer suggest that the only way to uh, limit this sort of chaos would be to start signing players to contracts that pay them, similar to what they do in the NFL, which is the only way to really limit movement is th- is through the contractual piece of paper. I don't know if we've reached that point yet, though. Have we? You know, I, something's got to be done, and it's got to be done pretty soon. And then, again, you hear well, the 12-team playoff, you know, that's going to help because it's going to uh, spread out the wealth of players that want to sign with other teams other than the few teams that really have a chance right now. Yet, if you – you know, they it seems like the other conferences outside the SEC are cutting off their noses to spite their faces because they're saying – well, we're not going to let the SEC run things. We're going to make sure that the SEC doesn't negotiate this by themselves. Are you serious? <laughs> it, it, it is unbelievable. It's, uh, the, it, it, things are changing even as we speak, and almost on a daily basis it's evolving. Uh, and we're going to have a lot more to talk about to see uh, uh, who's going to win this big game Monday, Georgia versus Alabama. Ronnie, we just have a few seconds left. Do you uh, have a prediction before we, we head out? You know, everything seems to favor Georgia, but I'm going to pick Alabama. I just, Saban, I've learned not to pick against that guy. <laughs> it's Alabama Smart. until somebody beats him, right, Alex? Honestly, yeah, <laughs> I agree. Hey, Ronnie, uh, stay well, all right? Uh, we hope everything works out good for you, and hopefully we'll all be, maybe we'll all be together next week. Who knows? Take care, bud. Looking forward. <laughs> Thanks, guys.
Alex, thanks for holding me up tonight. And thanks to our guests, Greg Amon and Stanley Cromarty. Uh, we really appreciate it. Eric, thank you. And thank you all, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us here in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7. WLKF.